2: Minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Pack a Day podcast. You can get all your Pack a Day updates by following us on Twitter at Pack a Day podcast. And remember, you can always subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify. And of course, you can always check us out at CheeseheadTV.com. I'm Kyle Fellows, and I am joined by both Andrew Mertig and Maggie Loney today. It's a Monday show, you guys. Uh, How are we feeling? I'm feeling
3: really good. I was actually in Wisconsin this weekend, got to go up to Green Bay on Friday. Uh, Today I woke up at 2.30 a.m. Central because people love hearing about me complaining about stuff. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but by the time the flight landed, we were able to like get in the vehicle, and I, I think I missed the opening kickoff, but that was about it. So mm-hmm. despite being pretty exhausted, I was able to enjoy the game, mostly on my phone on, on the drive home. And I, of course, it's always frustrating to lose a close game where the Packers had so many chances, but I think this aligns pretty well with what we expected from the season and haven't necessarily gotten so far. You see a lot of promise, especially from the offense and Jordan Love, but lose largely because because of youth and new experience. How are you doing, Maggie?
4: Yeah, well, I mean, you know what they say, right? You can't go 10 and 7 if you don't lose at least six games.
2: So. <laughs> <laughs> we are well on our way.
4: <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm good. I'm about to go on vacation here in a couple of days. So, honestly, a closer game than I had expected. Um, disappointed in the defensive output, considering the Steelers' offense is abysmal, but uh, really liked what I saw from the Packers' offense today. So, some pros to go with the cons, I guess.
2: Yeah, a mixed bag, I think. And Andrew, you mentioned you watch the game on your phone. If it makes you feel better, I watch probably half the Packers' game on my phone. All of Packers' games, because usually like something like PJ Masks or like Dino Ranch or something <laughs> ridiculous is on the 70-inch TV I bought for sports. Is usually occupied by my kids, but uh, so that's a regular thing for me. But the Packers did go on the road and did collect that loss in Pittsburgh. And has been, as has been said, it was frustrating because there were so many different ways that they could have walked away with a win in this game. But unlike in recent weeks, this one wasn't all frustration and headaches. There was a lot of good and a lot of promise in this performance. But at the end of the day, it still goes in that loss column. The final score, Steelers 23 Green Bay 19 and so we're here to take a look at this see how it happened and how it all unfolded so let's jump in here uh, to start the game Pittsburgh received the opening kickoff the Steelers start with a couple short gains and then uh, get 12 on a first down play to tight end Connor Hayward Hayward hurtled a player on uh, the play Valentine was the guy he got on that a really athletic play there uh, then uh, a couple Najee Harris runs sets up a third and three. The Packers looked like they caught a break on this play when Kenny Pickett went uh, deep to Deontay Johnson, but they couldn't connect. But Valentine was called for pass interference, and you could totally see him tugging on Johnson's jersey. So he wasn't going to get away with that one. Uh, but it was a big penalty. Jalen Warren had a couple of nice plays both on the ground and through the air. And suddenly the Steelers found themselves at the Packers 10-yard line knocking on the door. Two more Najee Harris carries later. Harris walks into the end zone untouched. Uh, just a pretty poor defensive start to this game for the Green Bay Packers. So we're looking at 7-0 to zero Pittsburgh with only five minutes off the game clock.
4: Yeah, to quote the uh, text that I got from my best friend right after that opening drive, she said, I could have scored a touchdown against that defense. What the <laughs> hell was that? And it, she, she doesn't really like get into football. So the fact that she texted me that. I was laughing to to mask the pain of that just being absolutely abysmal. But it really was frustrating, right? I mean, this was a defense that looked so much better against the run against Minnesota and then against the Rams last week. So to come out there and just let Najee like, completely blow by the defense was, was really rough.
2: Yeah, people have been pretty critical of the Pittsburgh offensive line and the ground game and Najee Harris's efficiency this season and last season, and they looked fine on that opening drive. They looked very, very proficient, and the Steelers' offensive line pretty much were able to do exactly what they wanted to on that opening drive. Green Bay starts their first possession at the 31-yard line, and Love finds Watson for a 9-yard pass right along the right sideline. Watson did a nice job bringing that one in. It was probably a little bit in back of where Love probably wanted to place that. Then Aaron Jones lost a couple on his first carry. Not to worry, though, Love, th- Love threaded the needle to Watson again on third and three and a first down. Really fun to see them get a first down so early in the game, something we haven't seen the last couple of weeks. Um, on second down, after an A.J. Dillon run, Love buys some time in the pocket and then fires a rocket to Wicks for another first down. A.J. Dillon with a couple nice runs on this drive. As well, His lower half just looks a lot stronger than it did a couple weeks ago, so he's running really, really well for this team right now. Uh, makes us feel maybe a little bit bad about how critical we were of A.J. Dillon just before the trade deadline um, and those kinds of things. But on second and seven from the Pittsburgh eight, Love missed Watson just a little out in the front, and he was honestly lucky that that ball wasn't picked up. Uh, on an interception by the safety or the corner that was lurking in the end zone. But on third and seven, Love throws a beauty of a ball to Dobbs in the right back corner of the end zone. And Dobbs with a master class on getting those toes down in that corner. Really, really fun to see Love and company coming through on big third down plays, making it a seven to seven game here. And they really did find some offensive success early in the football game. Like we said, we haven't seen that in quite a while. So that was cool to see in this one.
3: Yeah, it it is really nice to see the offense clicking early and something we have been just begging for over the last couple of months uh, to get going in the first half. And it was nice to see Jordan Love feel comfortable in the pocket, despite a really, really good Pittsburgh pass rush. So he seemed to be confident his protection would hold. He was working through his progressions. And for the most part, everything was a good decision largely accurate. I'm going to talk about accuracy a lot over the course of this show, but um, this is now a pattern with Love. He misses Watson on a ball that should have been an easy-ish completion, but comes back and makes an elite throw to Dobbs, who does an absolutely wonderful job of completing the touchdown reception. So you're seeing some of those raw tools, even if it's not necessarily consistent.
2: On the next drive, Pittsburgh started at their own 40 after Anders Carlson had a whoopsie, on the kickoff, not getting it to the end zone before it went out of bounds. So great field position to start the drive for Pickett. On third and one, Pickett gets the tush push and sneaks for a first down. And then Jalen Warren in the Steelers' running game continues to be a problem for this Packers defense. Warren rumbles for a big gain of nine on first down. And just when you're feeling like the defense was getting run over – Keyshawn Nixon makes a big play on the sideline. He steps in front of the receiver uh, for the interception, except he didn't get the second foot down. So that was really fun while it lasted. So an incompletion instead of an interception, and it brings up a third and one. And nothing new. The run game continues to dominate for the Steelers. Najee Harris got the first and a lot more than he needed on that third and short. A few plays later, Keyshawn Nixon is hit with a pass interference penalty which gave Pittsburgh a fresh set of downs, but they needed just one more play because Jalen Warren took the next carry for 16 yards to the end zone for another rushing touchdown.
4: Yeah, that one was just inexcusable. I think six different Packers got a hand on Warren, and still he like barely got touched on his way to that score. So yeah. this was the 29th-ranked offense in points for, 28th 28th-ranked offense in yards, and the Steelers had put up 14 points in their last two drives. So the the Packers just aren't playing well enough on that side of the ball to make uh, – well, I guess on either side of the ball, really, to make things easier for their opponents mm-hmm. with all of these like drives – continuing penalties. Like they're just about to get off the field and then they shoot themselves in the foot and it's just getting harder and harder.
2: Absolutely. And green Bay begins their next drive from the 23 yard line. Aaron Jones gets just his second carry of the game. There's some been, you know, some circ- circumstantial things. And we talked about uh, AJ Dillon playing well, but this is Aaron Jones second carry of the game here, but he gets a couple and then Christian Watson with a big drop on third and third down and Green Bay has to punt here. So after a really promising first drive and a really promising start to the game for the offense, the offense sputters here to start the second quarter. After the punt, Pittsburgh starts from their own 46. On first down, Pickett is absolutely mauled for a sack, but the Packers' Jonathan Owens is called for an illegal contact, and that play is wiped out. The defense held long enough to bring up a fourth and one, but when the defense can't stop the run, you go for it on fourth and one. And again, Jalen Warren got a big chunk play that was more than what he needed for the first. But the Steelers are still coached by Matt Canada. And so they dropped to pick it back on first down. And Preston Smith had a huge opportunity to get a sack and he took advantage of it. A big play there, which eventually brought up a third and 14. Uh, the, the Steelers pick up 12 on a pass to the tight end Hayward, which was a pretty soft effort from the Packers defense, but was still enough to force Pittsburgh to settle for the Boswell field goal. And so after a headache of a drive, the Steelers are up 17-7 to seven with a little over eight minutes left before the half. The Packers start the next drive at their own 13 after Nixon brought out the kick with a minimal return on first down with love targeting Watson Porter is flagged for pass interference and green Bay gets a spot foul and a fresh set of downs there. Love tried to escape the pocket on the next play, but you saw the explosiveness on this play from TJ watt. Like there's no denying the fact that this is a really special athlete and uh, he tripped up love from behind. Finally, Green Bay starts feeding Jones here, though. He he gets a six-yard carry, and then on the next play, um, he does a nice— I think this was a pass. I didn't make a note of this, but I think it was a a passing play to Jones. And he does a phenomenal job of using his non-ball-carrying arm to keep himself from going down before the marker and was able to reach out and get the first down. Just a great awareness play from Aaron Jones and a lot of effort to make that play. But I guess A.J. Dillon was kind of feeling left out because he decided to rip off a 40-yard gain on his next carry. Um, Some Again, impressive play from Dillon. T.J. Watt shows up again with a really annoying sack. Uh, did you guys know that the Packers could have drafted T.J. Watt? Have you heard that? Like, what? That... Never in <laughs> my life. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, love Mrs. Wicks on second and sixth. Yeah, that's a, real, that's a real down. Second and 16. I hesitated because I thought maybe I had an error there. No, it was second and 16. But the ball was a little high for Wicks. I, I do kind of wonder if maybe Wicks should have been slightly further up the field on the route. The ball's trajectory was to the sticks. And I do wonder if maybe that's on the rookie wide receiver for not running a little bit straight out from his cut on that route. But I don't know there. That that could be on Love. But it's really unfortunate that Love, you know, we just know he can't hit the deep ball, right? Wait, just kidding. The next play is a 35-yard dime from Love to Jaden Reed for a score on third and 16. A really incredible play. Just pretty cool to see both of Jordan Love's touchdown passes coming on third downs, where if you don't make that play, you're probably sending out the kicking team and you're settling for three in those situations. Uh, So awesome to see him coming through and making those big plays. Speaking of the kicking team, though... The extra point was blocked, so Green Bay closes the gap in the game, but it's 17-13 to 13 instead of 17-14, to 14, and that missed point after attempt would absolutely haunt the Packers team later in this game. Yeah, and so a lot to cover
3: there. I think, you know, you go back to that field goal drive by the Steelers. The Owens' illegal contact was a horrific penalty in, in the course of that. It really probably cost the Packers three points. I thought it was one of two really ticky-tack penalties called on Green Bay that extended Pittsburgh's screen drives, and yes, by rule, that is a penalty. That's fair. But it's really wild to me that in a game where the Steelers' corner were, corners were incredibly physical, all game long, that those are what, what ended up getting called. Um, I I do love that you get the huge response by the Packers when all looked lost. Again, I'll go back to this Love trend. He misses an earlier throw and then makes an elite one. And you take a look at that series of of like within that drive. And I had I had tweeted something similar to this, right? So Love holds the ball too long, gets sacked by T.J. Watt. We know he has to his his clock has to speed up. He has to get rid of that ball quicker. Then he, what I called, airmailed a throw to Wicks, the one that you talked about. Now, did Wicks not run that route deep enough? Did Wicks miss time his jump? All of those things are true. But anyways, you know, it kind of goes to this, like, love can't get on the same page as a receiver, and you're like, ugh, this guy's really frustrating, right? Like, he can't take that sack. He can't miss that throw. And then he makes an elite level throw that only a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL are going to make. And this is really the hope coming into the season that we would see the incredible upside love has and the consistency would just get better and better as the year went on. Well, it, it has not been really fun in the first half of the season, but the, the last two weeks are finally starting to trend that way. And I don't think it is a coincidence that the line is playing some of its best ball of the season in these last two games as well. finally, the extra point. There is video out there. I believe the Packers read it through this out there. Of <laughs> Josiah DeGuarra basically not moving on the extra point attempt. And his man is the one that came through and blocked it. And I just, like, I, I know. I got to start stop harping on individuals and calling for people's jobs and stuff. Like, it's way too negative. But, like, what is Josiah DeGuarra bringing to this team right now? I just don't understand it. Like, there's... I've been clamoring for a true fullback for five or six years now, and I was hoping DeGuara could be that. It just doesn't look like that's the case. And so, like, what does he do well? Where is he contributing? Special teams? Well, it didn't look like it on that play. Uh, in in the blocking game, in the move game, in the passing game, like, none of the above. So, mm. It's, it's just tough to see that kind of stuff out there and on a play that like quite literally changed the entire outcome of the game.
5: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey everyone, as we know the Packers are currently going through some in-season blues, but if you're like me, you might be going through some end-of-season or holiday-season blues as well. I know for me there's so much going on during this end-of-season rush that I feel a constant strain of pressure, anxiety, sometimes even loneliness. What I've personally found, however, is that through all of those dark and anxious feelings, therapy can be a bright spot and even something that I look forward to on a weekly basis. Talking through my concerns with somebody who is able to understand my struggles and suggest helpful techniques for dealing with those feelings has been a revelation for me in my own personal life. Through therapy, I've become a better version of myself, a happier person, a more thankful person, a more positive person, and those feelings of anxiety are far less prevalent and I have so much more enjoyment in my daily life. If you're struggling with something in your personal life and haven't had the opportunity to try therapy, maybe now's the perfect time to do so. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, you should give BetterHelp a try. BetterHelp is entirely online, is extremely convenient, and is flexible to your schedule and needs. And all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash packaday to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot packaday.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he seems like a great dude and like an easy guy to root for. But it does feel like we've arrived at the place where we know that his contributions on the field are not going to really be uh, beneficial to the team. And that's probably going to move him beyond his contract. And that's probably what's what's going to happen. But I think it may be time for the team to start looking at other people to take those snaps before that that contract expires, which is it's a bummer for DeGuara. I'd love to see him make some improvements there and and help this team. But that just seems to be where things stand with him at the moment. Uh, On the Steelers' first play of the next drive, they try a pass to Jalen Warren. But this this pass is behind the running back Warren, and he's behind Pickett. So it's a backwards pass, right? The ball falls to the ground. Rashawn Gary scoops it, and and he would have scored, right? But the play is blown dead and called an incomplete pass. But a review, you guys, right, that's what a review is for. A review can fix this, and it can fix a bad call, but that's not what happens here. After the review, the incompletion stands as called, which is just total bullcrap. Brutal call and another play that really, really altered this game. But in a moment of frustration, though, I mean, I think the the emotion for the fans probably carried over into this defensive series that, that continued. But in that moment of frustration, the defense actually came through with a big stop and forced a punt here. So then Green Bay gets the ball back, and Green Bay actually takes a deep shot here to Dobbs on the very first play on first down. Uh, But Dobbs gets tangled up with Porter, can't get the ball. I I felt like it was a pretty good ball from Love, honestly. Um, Green Bay then tried a couple of plays to Jones. He got six yards on a carry and then a drop on third and four that if he caught it, Might have been enough for a first down. Just just more frustration for the offense. You know, feeling like they're this close, but not quite getting there. Uh, With the ball back, the Steelers have a little over two minutes to work with before halftime. A couple quick completions to Deontay, to Pickens, and a few more runs to Najee Harris. uh, Helps get Pittsburgh to about midfield, uh, where they face a big third and two. And Corey Ballantyne absolutely comes up with a monster play here forcing an incompletion that was intended for Deontay Johnson, and the Steelers are forced to punt. Green Bay gets the ball back with a minute 20 left on the clock, but after Jaden Reed actually gets rocked by Joey Porter on a play, uh, Green Bay just decides to kind of pack it in and let time expire and get to the half with the score still. Green Bay 13, Pittsburgh 17. Yeah, I just wanted to jump backwards about the Jalen Warren fumble.
3: I'm just really sick of the NFL using replay to prop up bad calls and then Gene Steratore backing up those same bad calls. Like, either use replay or don't. And I'm not going to say it cost the Packers the game. They had plenty of chances to win on their own. I'm not going to say the NFL is rigged or has something against the Packers. It definitely doesn't. If, if the NFL was going to skew towards certain teams, the Packers would probably be on the receiving end of a lot of that. They don't, right? It's just bad calls. There's human error involved in it. But if you're going to have a system to correct those bad calls, use it. We can all see naturally the ball goes backwards. It goes backwards out of Kenny Pickett's hands. It's not by a lot, and there's not a particularly perfect camera angle that shows it, but it went backwards. You, you can tell by where the, the line markers are. So these are the things, to me, that loses the public's faith in the competence of the league and its officials. It breeds conspiracy theories. It's just really bad for the game in general. So, like, to me, get the obvious ones right and... Stop having pundits like the officials analyst who's just going to back up his former colleagues or in the case of two weeks ago, not even know what the rule is in the first place.
2: Yeah, this is this is one of those situations, Andrew, where like the ball, I felt like the ball, it was so obviously going backwards. Sometimes when they do a review, you're like, I don't know, like we'll see how this Mm -hmm. comes out, see how they see it. But I was so shocked, like I yelled what like in genuine like surprise when they said that the ball when the the call was going to stand. And I completely agree here. You got to use the guy in New York to explain the rules to the fans. Like that's something fun and cool that they've added to the broadcast, but not to defend the bad officiating, right? Like fans aren't stupid. If you can't make an honest comment on a call that was made on the field, then like, don't go to gene, like just pass that moment by if they don't want to comment on it, but just backing the referees in instances where they clearly botched a call It's just bad for the game, and fans, they're not stupid. They see through it.
4: Yeah, it's also got to be really confusing if you're, like, an international fan or somebody just trying to learn the game, and you think (laughs) that something's interpreted one way, and then all of a sudden you see, like, a blatant example of that not happening. But I'm taking the second half here. Um, Really quickly, before we jump into that, I didn't understand, personally, the decision to not try to at least kick a field goal when the Packers had 80 seconds left on the clock. I mean, I get... Not wanting to give the Steelers something cheap, but you've got almost a minute and a half. You've got two timeouts. And it felt kind of cowardly to just not even try to move down the field. And I know, like Kyle said, Reed got lit up and, you know, they felt like they were behind the sticks. But the way Jordan Love was actually looking with his deep ball, it's like you don't even want to take a shot and just kind of see what happens. But anyway. On to the second half here where the Packers receive the opening kickoff. Nixon decides to bring the ball out and ends up returning the kickoff to the Pittsburgh 44, resulting in some excellent opening field position for Green Bay. The Packers run the ball twice with Jones and throw incomplete on third and six, but are bailed out by offsetting penalties to replay third down. Love takes a shot across the middle of the field to Dobbs and can't connect, but the Packers decide to keep the offense out on the field on fourth and six at the Pittsburgh 40, and it's a quick out to Jones, and the Packers convert, moving the chains with a fresh set of downs. Dylan runs twice to bring up a third and three inside the Pittsburgh 30. Floater to Jones brings up another Packers first down, this time inside the 15. Two Jones plays go nowhere, thanks to some bad O-line play, and a shot to Musgrave flies out of the back of the end zone, so the Packers have to settle for a 31-yard field goal here, field goal here bringing the score to 17-16 Steelers with nine minutes to go in the third quarter.
3: I really feel like Green Bay made it tough on itself in the red zone. Um, They really have all year, and in this game it continued. Yes, they were successful in the first half, but they had to make two wow throws just to get touchdowns there. And then this possession was what we have been used to seeing so far in 2023. They have to be much more sound in their blocking assignments to move the ball inside of the 20 when defenses are much more compact. And they just weren't and they haven't been. And, you know, the second half overall, their red zone offense was real bad and it probably cost them this game.
4: Yeah, so the Steelers start their first drive of the second half at the 22-yard line. Harris takes the handoff, but is swarmed to bring up a second and eight. A second handoff to Harris results in a flag backing the Steelers up to a second and 18. An errant throw from Pickett with pressure in his face brings up a third and 18, and the Steelers are forced to punt after a three and out. So a nice defensive stand there from the Packers. They get the ball back with 7-10 left in the third quarter, starting from their own 22-yard line. Handoff to Jones, picks up four, then Dobbs is wide open at the 46. He moves the chains for a 20-yard completion and a new set of downs. Handoff to Jones, a deep shot to Watson, falls incomplete, and it's third and seven from midfield. A huge completion to Musgrave down the middle of the field to give Green Bay a new set of downs inside of the 15. Absolutely beautiful throw and catch from Love to his rookie tight end. Quick throw to Reed gets the Packers inside the 10. Then Jones gets stuff behind the line of scrimmage to bring up a third and five at the 10. Ball falls incomplete on a tight window throw to Musgrave and Carlson trots back out onto the field for a field goal. So the Packers take the lead here 19 to 17 with three minutes to go in the third quarter.
2: Yeah. I like the way the TV broadcast highlighted the fact that love intentionally threw that ball a little bit behind Musgrave, or at least that's what they speculated he was trying to do, hoping that, Musgrave could adjust to find that ball because it was the only way that he had a shot at getting a completion there. Who knows if he had other looks on that play that maybe he should have made. But uh, those are chemistry and feel things that come with time, right? Like Musgrave isn't going to necessarily know to look back for that, to settle into that spot, to look back, you know, to turn to find that ball. Uh, Just Connecting on plays like that are probably just things that are going to take time and not connecting on plays like that are just the result of this team being so young and full of youth at this point. But if that was what love was trying to do, that's kind of advanced, you know, understanding of that's the only place where I can put this ball. And so it's really not a a knock on love. It's just a knock on where this team is in its development, probably.
4: Absolutely. So the Steelers bring the ball out then on the ensuing kickoff and return it to the 34-yard line, giving them some nice field position to start their drive. Valentine gets lost on a boundary shot to George Pickens, and the Steelers quickly convert to the Green Bay 38-yard line. Warren runs twice to bring up a third and short, but Devondre Campbell forces the incompletion to bring up a fourth and three. The Steelers settle for three, kind of surprised that they didn't go for it, and they retake the lead 20-19 to with one minute left in the third quarter. It's a returnable kickoff for Keyshawn Nixon, and he brings it out to the 33. Dylan gets things started on the ground with a five-yard gain. Love throws it away on a rollout, and it's third and five with 12 seconds left in the third quarter. An illegal formation penalty, because why wouldn't there be one of those? Backs the Packers up to make it a third and 11. Clock runs, and the quarter ends. 15 minutes left in a one-point game. The Packers try for some trickery on third down, and it goes absolutely nowhere, forcing Green Bay to punt. But if the throw from Wicks is caught cleanly by Jones, it might have worked. And that just, you know, that thing got blown up the second that Jones got near it and bobbled it and dropped it. So the Packers have to punt there, and the Steelers take over at their own 25-yard line. Harris finds a huge hole on second down, picks up 24 yards, and brings the Steelers into Packers' territory. Rashawn Gary almost blew up a screen in the backfield, but Harris escapes to bring up second and 10. Pickett tries the deep shot to Deontay Johnson and Corey Ballantyne breaks it up, forcing the Steelers into third and long. And it's another shot to Pickens, but this one falls incomplete. And the Packers decline a holding call to bring up fourth and 10. Steelers punt from midfield. Jaden Reed bobbles the fair catch, but the Packers are cover at their own eight yard line. And it's a long field for the offense with 1145 left in this game. Dylan runs twice to bring up third and two. Reed on a quick out moves the chains for a Packers first down, but after a short gain and an incompletion, the Packers face a third and seven from their own 22. Love evades a sack, fires a shot to Tucker Craft, but the ball is incomplete and Green Bay is forced to punt. Still 20 to 19 Steelers at this point, with a little over nine minutes left.
3: Yeah, just a few comments about this. I thought Devondre looked really explosive today for the first time in a while. He was a really big part in keeping Green Bay in the game during the second half stretch. I thought, you know, that's a really frustrating drop from Aaron Jones on a great play design that likely would have worked. You mentioned there's blockers out in front. And I I think there is a perception he's a really good receiving back. But if you go back over his career, there are a lot of times when his hands have been questionable. He's still the best player on this offense. Like, don't get me wrong. Still love Aaron Jones. but. You just can't have your veteran leader letting the team down like that in important situations. just a concentration drop, right? Like he's looking out in front for his blockers instead of completing the catch. Um, And then also, in addition, Corey Ballantyne played a heck of a second half. I have a feeling he'll come up later in the show.
4: Yeah, time for a deep breath because now we're just going to get through the entire rest of the game. So the Steelers start at their own 34 and Warren immediately runs for an 11 yard gain against this Packers front. Austin takes an end around for six and the Steelers pick up a first down on the next play moving inside Green Bay territory. Warren finds another hole in the defense and gets all the way to the Green Bay 25. Harris tries a hurdle but is escorted out of bounds by Rudy Ford, resulting in a third and two for Pittsburgh. The Packers defense holds and the Steelers settle for a field goal. So it's 23-19, Steelers with 5-14 left in the game. The kickoff goes out of the end zone and the Packers take over on their own 25. 25. Love completes a shot immediately to Musgrave for 28 yards to get into Steelers territory, a throwaway on first down and a batted pass on second down, bring up a third and 10 from the Steelers 47. Love finds a wide open Wicks who takes it to the 15 yard line picking up 32 yards. Jones takes a pitch for one yard, and there's 3.32 left in the game, second and nine from the Steelers' 14. Love throws a contested ball to Watson that's tipped and intercepted in the end zone by Pittsburgh. Steelers return it to the 24-yard line and take over with just three minutes left in the game. It's third and six for Pittsburgh when the Packers call their first timeout with 2.32 left. Pickett evades what should have been a dry-bending sack to give the Steelers a fresh set of downs. 2.25 to go, and the Packers take their second timeout. Warren runs for a yard, and the Packers use their final timeout with 2.20 left. It's second and nine. Warren runs for no gain to bring up the two-minute warning. And on third and nine from their own 40, the Steelers find a wide-open George pick, George Pickens, but an offensive penalty makes it a third and 19 instead, giving Green Bay one more shot at the stop. It's a handoff up the middle just to burn clock at that point, and the Steelers bring it all the way down to 1.08 before they punt the ball away. The punt is whistled down at the 19-yard line, and the Packers need a touchdown with zero timeouts remaining. Love heaves a shot to Jaden Reed for 46 yards to get inside the Pittsburgh 40 with 51 seconds left on the clock. A Pass to Jones, goes for no gain, and keeps the clock moving, bringing up second and 10 from the 36. Love gets out of bounds on a scramble to bring up third down with 22 seconds remaining. On a should-be sack, Love chucks away the ball, left-handed to A.J. Dillon, bringing up a fourth and three with 17 seconds to go. Pittsburgh calls timeout. Empty backfield, Love takes the snap and throws a quick pass to Dylan. The Packers spike the ball with three seconds left. The Steelers take their final timeout, and the Packers look for a miracle from the 11-yard line. Love's pass is intercepted at the goal line, and a brawl breaks out on the Steelers' sideline. It's a flag on the Packers' offense, which ends the game. And it's a very anticlimactic end to a close one in Pittsburgh.
2: Oh, it's so much more painful when you put it that way. I mean, mean, there's so much good mixed in, but obviously, you know, even in a game where maybe winning isn't the most important thing, maybe seeing the progress is the most important thing, it's still, as Packer fans, you know, you want to see them come out with a win and what could have been, you know, a Cinderella fashion at the end there. But wasn't to be today. But let's talk about, you know, some of the... Maybe positives from you know the microcosm of this game and like some of those things that we can we can take away. Um, who was the player of the game if you guys have to pick one uh, for this game in Pittsburgh?
3: Yeah, for me, I'll I'll pick an easy one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Jordan Love here. I think as a fan base, we need to just give this guy some credit. He played a fantastic game. Unfortunately, the national media is going to forget all about it because they don't watch the games and the stat line got ruined on the last two drives. But he was more comfortable in the pocket. He really went through his progressions like pro and was better with his accuracy. And I, I think you can live with some of the misses when he is also giving you elite level throws, too. And today he had both. And so in my book, Love's stock is way up in the last two weeks and really has me excited to see what he can do the rest of the season.
4: Yeah, the two picks obviously tanked that quarterback rating, which is not the end-all be-all, but definitely would have been a lot more impressive looking at the numbers without those um, those misses towards the end there. Um, Corey Ballantyne is going to get my game ball. Andrew kind of mentioned it earlier, but with Jair out with the shoulder injury, that left Ballantyne and Carrington-Valentine as the boundary corners for Green Bay. So as we kind of expected, Ballantyne got picked on, but he looked comfortable, and he made some really big plays and some key moments there. He actually led the defense with two passes, defensed and he finished the game with six total tackles. So having only played 80 snaps for the defense in 2023 going into today's game, it was a nice showing from him. I also just, you know, we talked about AJ Dillon and the game he had, but to quantify it and put it in numbers, he was averaging 7.8 yards a carry and his 40 yard long is actually the longest of the season for any Packers run play. So really cool to see him have the kind of game that he did today.
2: Yeah. A couple takeaways from you guys as players of the game before I give mine. Uh, first, the fact that the Packers corners that are primary corners right now because of injuries are Corey Valentine and Carrington Valentine is hilarious. Like Valentine and Valentine. <laughs> that's just like, so it's objectively funny. It's yeah. objectively funny. Um, more. I don't know if it's more like important, but it's a Jordan love like Andrew, like, I think what's so great, like, football doesn't have a great, like, wins above replacement metric that I'm aware of. But, like, I guess for me, like, you're right. Like, this is not a flawless performance from Jordan Love. But when his two touchdown passes came on a third and seven and a third and 14 or third and 16, like, those two plays, like, what would have been if he didn't pull out some incredible throws on Mm -hmm. those plays would have been a... Chip shot field goal, and then like a prayer field goal, and I just think like this game is totally different if you don't have those incredible plays like you said from Jordan Love. So like the hiccups are still there; it's not a perfect performance, but he gave you a lot that you can't say that another quarterback definitely would have given you, um, and that made this game kind of fun to watch, right? Because we got to see those moments. So I love love that you highlighted that for Jordan today, but mine is Zach Tom, um, and he had the task of slowing down the Steelers pass rush and TJ Watt, and outside of a couple penalties, Tom played really, really well. And so, you know, with a lot of questions surrounding this offensive line, Tom has kind of been the bright spot this season, and he continued to play really, really well, even with a really tough, tough test today. So wanted to give Zach Tom his credit in this one as well. Uh, the key plays of the game. So we've talked about the players. If you had to whittle it down to a couple of of impact plays, what would you guys throw out there for the impact plays of the game?
4: I think maybe mine's like a little bit too obvious, but I'm going to take the touchdown on the opening drive to Romeo Dobbs. I mean, that felt like a ball they've wanted to hit all season. And they finally were able to connect on that beautiful throw by love, really strong hands from Dobbs to snag the ball out of the air and then get both feet down in the corner of the end zone. And it was a confidence building play. I think for the entire offense, it was really needed and really nice to see them put an opening drive together for the first time. I think literally since week one to actually go down the field and score. So much needed. Nice to see the offense getting rhythm a little earlier in a game.
3: Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, a little bit more negative than that. And uh, mine is Aaron Jones not getting out of bounds on the last drive. That that's a play your veteran just cannot make. He had the sideline for the same no gain that he got by staying in bounds. He also could have just dropped the pass. I I get why players don't instinctively do that, but. He cuts back inside, he gets no gain, and the Packers lose close to 30 seconds by the time mm. the next play is run. And when you end up running out, you know, the last play of the game on a heave to the end zone. Granted, they weren't that far out, but it's still a really, really difficult play where the Steelers can just play back. You you like just wish you had that time back. You never know how it would have played out, but it was just a disaster that led to that super rush last play of the game. I think, you know, you you probably have a couple more chances where Love wouldn't have had to force it in the end zone full of Steelers defenders if not. And again, I don't want to be super negative. I, I love Aaron Jones. I think he's a great player. He's a better human being. But, like, when you are the one veteran on the offense, you cannot make that mistake. Like, you, you can't be the person making that mistake.
2: That's a good call, and it hurts, you know, to hear you explain it like that. Uh, that, that those 30 seconds could have made a huge difference in this football game. Uh, mine here, I'm gonna go Matt Lafleur's decision to go for it on fourth and six. That was a huge conversion this offense made, and a big, big decision, and a really ballsy call for Matt Lafleur to make. And Really, it showed that Matt LaFleur really does have faith in Jordan Love to put the ball in the hands of his quarterback in those gotta-have-it moments. So credit to Matt LaFleur, who has not gone without, you know, criticism and critique through this tough stretch that the Packers have been on. But I thought that that was, you know, a gutsy call, but a warranted call in that situation and it paid off big time. I also thought more generally for Matt LaFleur today, we had seen some kind of predictable offense where it was kind of run on first down, run on second down or like a really safe completion on second down, setting up what was often, especially if you failed one of those, like the, the run or the second safe play, usually like a third and seven kind of situation for Jordan Love that he was dealing with. I felt like today we saw Matt LaFleur come out and throw a little bit more on first down and, and get a little bit more creative with the calls so that you weren't in those third and long situations as often. And I thought it was, it was a lot more fun to watch. I thought Jordan Love seemed to kind of thrive on that structure as well when he got to throw early and often rather than always just responding to failed run plays. So I really like the way that Matt LaFleur mixed it up today. Yeah.
3: So certainly never good to lose, but it does seem like the tone that the team is setting um, and at least the aura around the team is changing a little bit and some of the attitudes of the fans as well. So Really optimistic to see what this team can do down the stretch for the rest of the season. And, of course, at the Pack of Day podcast, we'll be here covering that every single day. Uh, But that is all the time that we have for today. This has been the Pack of Day podcast. You can find Kyle on Twitter at Packer underscore Pundit. You can find Maggie at Maggie J. Loney and also on Pack's What She Said. And you can find me at Andrew Mertig. Please subscribe and rate the podcast. You can catch Kyle, Maggie, and myself every single Monday. We'll be back next week with a breakdown of the Packers' Week 11 game against the LA Super Chargers. Thanks for listening, and as always, remember. Go